Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ in Jersey City. I'm Frank in Brooklyn. And we are going to be talking about today the final Pierce Brosnan entry into James Bondum, Die Another Day. Uh, what a movie. Um, Frank, <clears throat> uh, I think, you know, before we start, like, you know, spoiler free, you, you, did you like this movie slightly better than I did? Yeah. Um, I really didn't like this movie. Can you tell me something you liked about it that maybe other people like about it that I missed? Um, so, so I did see this one when it originally came out. Um, okay. so I had like some memory of it um there's it's not that there's nostalgia for it but i do remember certain beats um i think this movie has like some interesting like pieces that work well but then ultimately like a lot that doesn't okay it's really funny because like we're watching this movie megan and i and she's like quoting it (laughs) and she's She's like quoting it so apparently, like, this was one that she owned oh and was, like, God. one of the first James Bond movies that, like, she would watch. And so she she's an only child, and they would have, like, movie night. And so it would be, like, one Friday it would be, like, let's watch a Disney movie. And then the other, it's, like, let's, like, find some cool action movie, like, that her dad would want. And then, like, on the off nights, like, when it's Megan's choice, she would pick something kind of in the middle, like a James Bond. And so she has seen this one a lot. <laughs> which I had no idea. <laughs> oh my God. And it's really, and so we're, we're watching it and, you know, she was like explaining things to me. I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Um, so like, I don't know. I, it's hard for it to be the last Pierce Brosnan. I think that, um, you know, this is still in the era of like, it's just another bond and there's like no pomp and circumstance as a send off or anything like that. Um, and um, I don't know. I think to me, the awkwardness of World is Not Enough in so many ways like knocked it down for me that this one kind of redeems itself in some ways. And also Halle Berry. <laughs> and also Halle Berry. Okay. Okay. I feel you. I'm, well, I'm glad you had that nice moment to share with uh, your lovely lady. Like, th- mm-hmm. that's great. I'm also glad that she liked it. Like, that's awesome that she has cool memories tied with this. We sat down yeah. yesterday, me and my wife and uh, uh, Shayna, and we sat down on the couch. And within ten minutes, Shayna was out for a three-hour nap. Oh man, she slept through the entire movie <laughs> and the spe- <laughs> most of the special features. Um, wow. So yeah, uh, you know, I had never seen this movie um, because I had heard it was bad, and hmm. the only way that you know, I think I could have seen it after the fact was on home video. And I was always was like, you know what? I'm not really into watching, you know, horrible movies at that point in my life when I was, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, we, when we were first starting to really hang out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think, uh, you know, looking back on it, I wish maybe I had seen it in the theater to tie some different memories and maybe I would have enjoyed it more. Um, but I could also understand like why my dad wouldn't want to go, uh, you know, at this time to take us to this movie, which is like a lot of sexual innuendos and much more uh, heightened sexual like discussion. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot uh, more, um, 
I don't know. It's 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 not so prude this movie. <laughs> and I think no, it, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's less awkward about it. I think it tries to like really like lean into it, and that's maybe the difference. Um, whereas I felt like some of the last couple that we've watched, it's like eye roll line, eye roll line, and this one it's like whoa. <laughs> Is this rated R? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. It's nuts. Uh, okay, so, um, spoiler alert, I didn't like this movie watching it yesterday. <clears throat> I'm, I'm so excited to talk about why I didn't like it. Uh, I think that there's um, certainly good movies out there that you can go and watch that are, you know, way better than this, and it totally shows kind of a lot of things that, you know, I think, you know, I think I think of a movie like Triple X that came out around this time with Vin Diesel, sure. right? Like the way that that movie is structured and made like after like the height of Fast and Furious like movies had just started coming out, like it was a new way to make action movies. And I think this uh this James Bond in particular um you know, it's such a totally silly uh attempt at what was and so not cool. Like, and my experience looking back on it is like, oh, goo. Um, yeah. So they're, they're yeah. trying to be cool with with what they have and maybe trying to react to some of the things that had just come out, but they maybe didn't have enough time to really, like, cook it. Sure. And, and, um, and it's also like Pierce Brosnan is like, you know, it's 2002. He's, he's getting up there. Like, I don't know how much he can do, but, you know, this similar to world is not enough i feel like this movie tries to make him it's again a little bit like a plot of a daniel craig but like missing a lot of pieces and it's you know so we already talked through spoilers out um for yeah spoilers are yeah spoilers Um, but the movie he gets caught in the beginning and he's in um in custody and getting tortured for 14 months um this is also like I think there's kind of a throwaway line at one point that it's like the world has changed since you were away. And I think that's kind of like a bit of a way for them to throw in like nine 11 without like specifically calling it out. Um, so like he went away and came back and everything was, was different. Um, so yeah, we have this hardened James Bond that's like long hair beard and everything and has seen some shit, which is like, definitely more something that Daniel Craig was used to than I think any other other bonds have done. Right. But what I see from like this go around like that, the beginning is just like this horrible song and visual thing that Madonna is doing. And like, that's just like, it's grotesque. And the opening of this movie, it's, I just, I hate it. I hate the opening. The, the surfing is terrible. I can't. St- that's again. Well, so... I'm I'm okay. Like I'm cool with surfing. Like I think surfing is super cool, and it does serve the plot. The problem here is where they got they got greedy, right? So, from what the special features looked like, this scene was shot practically, right? Mm-hmm. Like this guy was a real, you know, uh, surfer dude who's a you know a gold medal winner of something, whatever. He's an awesome guy, right? And he's going to go and shoot this scene for Bond where he's surfing in, wearing all this cool gear and, you know, comes to the shore and then Pierce Brosnan will take over. 
uh, I think that's a great idea. But I think that the way that they build on this I, this concept for this movie um, is, you know, it it, it it dates it. It's unfortunate. You know, it, yeah. it's like Attack of the Clones, you know. And uh, at this point, you know, you're looking at kind of what they thought CGI was going to do, which was to be replace everything. And then, you know, kind of to build to this thing where, you know, Bond is kind of a superhero in this one. Uh, And I don't know. I uh, and so that the surfing is weird. Like it's weird because it's it's like that time when surfing and skating and BMX is all like really becoming huge. So they they're like, we got to be cool and throw this in there. But it's like. In no way do I believe Pierce Brosnan nor James Bond is that competent of a surfer. And also, it's North Korea. There's not like the, what? What North like, Korea is okay. known for fabulous surfing. I'm sure it's one of the best places to go surfing. Everyone goes there. <laughs> um, now, so yeah, I, that's it's just weird. Then you get this weird the the plot. I think is is weird. So these hovercrafts, Bond is. You know, heads off some guy who's transporting diamonds. They don't know who's taking the diamonds. They go, they land, they meet with this the general's son who is in charge of this outpost. He is trading or wants to trade these hovercrafts for these diamonds, right? Uh, so hovercrafts are cool. I like them as like a yeah, like a but they're okay. So like, here's where I think it could have been, you know. I don't know. He doesn't drive. He immediately knows how to drive these things. Like, I know he knows how to drive a tank, but like he already like covercrafts to me, like they seem probably very hard to drive. So like to see him drive it, like with such proficiency, it's like, okay, he's not driving it. Somebody else in there is driving it. Mm. And then they're shooting at him and it just gets so crazy. And it's all like, it's shot like really unartfully. It's really just like oh. rugged and raw and shitty. The the uh, whole that whole sequence from when they they start to after the explosion and they go w- with the hovercrafts like up until like that waterfall part there is so much green screen and it's like hard to watch. Well, it looks like it just looks like they they filmed this in California, and then the end scene is you know like a CGI you know mashup, and it just doesn't it doesn't hold and it doesn't. I don't, there's no stakes. It just feels like, it just feels lame and weird. And like, and, uh, you know, and ultimately it's very important, but it's, uh, I I don't know. I just, I really, from the beginning of this movie, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not interested. I don't like it. And then they put my boy in, in the fucking prison in North Korea. And like, he's just in there looking like Jesus, (laughs) you know, like what the fuck? Um, Well, so yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the key part is that, the the beginning of the movie is so distractingly bad at this time like looking back on it yeah. that you miss some of like why we need to be paying attention right yes exactly and um and then so the it's interesting that the opening uh credits is kind of this montage of um bond getting tortured and it's hard it's so weird and it's like such a juxtaposition and it doesn't uh you know, I don't want to see Bond tortured like in the beginning. Like I, I want to see, and also it's weird that now that opening is part of the plot. Like usually it's just, right. You know, some visual exploration of what the the title means. You know, like 
now this is like we you have to watch Bond get tortured because you have to stay along with the story mm-hmm. and understand that he is going to die or someone is going to die another day. Right. <laughs> uh, um, the other weird thing here, and I'll sort of tie this to something that happens later. We have this this woman, this North Korean woman torturing him, and we never see her again. So, like, sure. why, why is it so focused on her? And then why do they replace – she could have been a, a, a member of the movie throughout the film. And for whatever reason, they felt they, like they needed to include Rosamund Pike as a character who, like, they could have easily had North Korean woman as this, like, badass, like, spy or whatever. It just – that was just weird. It just felt like they, they – a lot of whitewashing throughout the film, mm. um, like obviously the entire plot. But um, so yeah, that was weird. And um, <laughs> what happens? Okay, so let's just just for the record here, just so we start off the podcast. So Bond goes, he surfs in, he goes to this thing. They see the hovercrafts. He he has the whole, these all these diamonds. He doesn't know where they got them. Uh, he is then made right and then Mm -hmm. they chase him because he's james bond and he gets away and he's you know on the run uh ultimately he kills this general's son the general comes and doesn't kill him he takes him in and tortures him and then we're at the opening credits now you're all caught up and we all feel on the same page um then the next scene is so is interesting bond gets released and traded for uh this his the uh the, the physical antagonist of this movie Zhao, yeah um who has now diamonds in his face diamonds in his face i remember this guy and i for whatever reason my 2002 self that couldn't pay attention to the plot thought this was the bad guy <laughs> yeah and I now mean, i'm like he's... oh he's just like the the crony okay right but he's the physical antagonist. We've defined sure. this. Like he, yeah. Bond always has to have the villain, and then there's always the big guy he has got to beat up or fight at some point. Zhao. Uh, this guy is cool. He's in other movies, right? He's like in other stuff that we've seen. That actor, yeah, he's in, he's in other things. He's definitely um, familiar to me. He's not so terrible. No, you know, I, 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 I kind of like him. Yeah, I feel bad for all of his, the makeup and shit that they put him through that makes yeah. him look so weird. Um, but I, I get it. And he's not, he's not so terrible. He's really, he's actually good. in fast and the furious. That's what yeah. We, he's we know yeah, from. super cool. Um, all right. Then you get to, uh, you know, we go, bond goes home. They trank him and then they like re- rebuild him back to health. And then they imprison him in a hospital room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. This se- it's all seems weird, and the scene with M seems very weird. It, you're right. It seems very Craig, right? Like this is a classic script and idea for a Craig movie. But the difference is, is that Pierce Brosnan in this franchise has already sunk so much into being silly, and mm-hmm. that like th- these, this movie in particular almost feels like Roger Moore's uh, Pierce Brosnan's Roger Moore impression. You know, <laughs> like it's like he's done like in Goldeneye, he's doing Sean Connery. In Tomorrow Never Dies, he's kind of doing himself. Yeah. In The World Is Not Enough, he's kind of doing Dalton. And this movie, he's really just doing full-on Roger Moore. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Um, 
it, it, it's definitely weird. I mean, because the whole idea is that he was given up and then right. the, the cost of uh, trading him was so high because they had Zhao and they were able to track him, I, I think, well, maybe not to Cuba yet, but wherever they got him and like Bond even knows it. it's like, well, I, I didn't have my cyanide capsule, so I couldn't, you know, die. And but so he didn't want to get rescued. It didn't make sense. Um, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I don't really understand why they traded him then. Well, because he's Bond and we have to move the plot forward, Frank. This is what right? we got to do. All right. So. All right. So he has this contentious meeting with M. And again, like if in the Craig movie, the Craig is playing it so serious and it's and it's and it's. It's taken more seriously in a different way. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Because you have to strip back to basic elements and kind of take away certain things from Bond in order to regenerate him. Uh, you have to uh, make it a little bit more serious and base it much more on Fleming, right? Mm-hmm. So when they do that, uh, you know, it looks legit. Here, I just think it looks forced, and and it's not my favorite uh, chemistry between Bond and M. Like, I like when they... when. Uh, she plays more of the M we see later on with Craig mm-hmm. uh, to Pierce Brosnan, which is like sweeter and, and like, you know, uh, being more consoling and, and trying to like, you know, guide them and be, you know, have more advocacy. The cold Judy Dench M that she tries to do in like Goldfinger and a little bit in Tomorrow Never Dies in the beginning is not, uh, is not my favorite. So like, I think she kind of like in this movie, she's kind of walking a thin line. Cause like the later scene where they meet in the train station is great. It is great. Yeah. Uh, um, but this scene is weird and it doesn't, weird. it feels weird, right? It, it does feel weird. And I think maybe, maybe there's a, uh, because she's suspicious of like who gave up the information and like, they don't know who the mole is and everything. Maybe that's why she's being so cold. And she doesn't want to get attached. I don't know. But then, like, Bond does this really weird superhero thing where he, he <laughs> knocks his heart rate down so far that they think he's dead, only to spring back to life, take the the uh, the electric shocks, and, and get the doctors <laughs> and escape. It's, like, so crazy. It's crazy. It's really, it's really wackadoodles in here. Yeah. Um, so I do want to say that... Uh, <sighs> Um, I think world is not enough. Like it had some nice locations in it and they all felt very practical. This movie feels like, again, like attack of the clones. Like there's, they're all like, on, this is all shot on the soundstage in London. Yeah, probably, you know, like, well, I, ex- except for when they go to Cuba, I think they're not in Cuba. They're in Spain, Spain. They're in España. Well, whatever they, but that's on location. Sure. Um, and, that was actually a great little sequence. I was really excited for them to go to Cuba. I'm like, oh, great. Nice. Yeah. You see Bond in my favorite attire, Hawaii shirt. He's looking cool, walking around. Uh, he has a cool meeting with the Cuban guy. He goes, he meets Halle Berry. All right, let's talk about it. Um, Halle Berry. Uh, I don't know, dude. I feel like it's sad because I feel like they – you have Halle Berry and she is so awesome and she can do so much. And she's like had had such a long lineage of being a great action star. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she gets to do a ton of shit in this movie. 
and they give her the corny they give her cornier dialogue here than in fucking Catwoman. Ooh. Like the stuff that she says, like it's not it, it she just speaks they just speak in cliches. Like they don't they don't really say any words to each other. <laughs> like, yeah, but like I also kind of like that they they don't make her like this like object of Bond's desire and that she can kind of have her own advocacy and is like she's a secret agent for for the Americans, like NSA, and she's basically his counterpart. She's the one that goes around from country to country, mission to mission, finding people to just sleep with and do her own thing. And like she's no, no, like no, no, a, no. Wei Lin yeah. Wei Lin is a counterpoint. Wei Lin is a fully developed character. Wei Lin well, she, yes, she is a fully developed character, but like she's not like Bond in the way that he likes to womanize and sure. like, this is she's doing what he does with like her sexuality. Waylin does not do that. And I mean, have you seen Halle Berry? She can do that. Like, right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I wish they gave her more. I wish she was more badass. I think that's just generally my mm-hmm. feeling on her. If they had turned her badassery up to 11, 15, 20, like, I think you really get, you could really give her a movie to be like, Holy shit. Because I found this out later when I was reading uh, information, um, they were thinking about doing a spinoff movie for her and Wei Lin. Um, that they were like... The two may- of them together? Like, yeah, maybe that they would teen- team up, like a Jinx movie that cool. Wei Lin would appear in. Um, and I think that that sounds kind of awesome. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't... I can understand why the studio would also be like, you know what? She doesn't look like a total badass in this movie. I don't think it's going to make a great franchise. But I think, you know, what you do get is very entertaining, and she has good chemistry with Bond, so yeah. or with Pierce Brosnan, and uh, so I think on that level, she's like, it's a it's a Halle Berry Bond movie, and that that's that's unfortunate that like it's not like, uh, you know, they it's not it's a, it's a Bond movie with Halle Berry. Excuse me, it's not a Halle Berry Bond movie. I would I would think. I'm sure. sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know... The, I'm the sure Megan lo- may love Halle Berry. I don't know. But, um, I mean, I think some of the stuff that she does in Cuba is is pretty action-heavy. Like, she's got this whole interaction with the doctor where she's, like, pretending to... Like, this is, like, something Bond would do, like, undercover, and then, like, gets the information and kills the guy. And then there's this whole, like, sequence where they're, they're both, uh, you know trying to escape and trying to get Zhao. Um, and then she does this like crazy dive. <laughs> like it's, it's over the top, but it's, you know, nothing that he wouldn't do. Um, I don't know. I guess I was on board for her. I think, uh, yeah, maybe they could have ramped up some of her action and stuff, but I think she held her own through the movie. Never. She didn't like, except for the, the towards the end where she's like drowning, I guess. But uh, I uh, I don't know. We'll 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 continue along as we go, and we'll see where maybe things could have gone differently. Sure. Um, okay, so we're in Cuba. They meet. They have an interesting tryst, which is very nice. Um, you know, you know, very the, uh, oh, the bird watching. And, the bird watching is and the <laughs> oh my god, I got nothing going on until the morning. Yeah. Like, ugh, ugh. Ugh. Okay, so then we get to a scene where. 
Bond wakes up and this girl has left him in the morning. Very hilarious. Um, he then figures out, you know, people who are going to this island or have this special kind of paperwork. This rich British guy who is an asshole to the service people, he probably has this paperwork. I'll go in and I'll rob him. Genius. Love that. That was like one of my favorite sequences. He's when he punches that guy, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> then he takes him on the, the boat and they go over there. He uses him as a prop to get into this crazy hospital. Bond figures out how to get into the hospital. Um, that's great. That all that whole sequence is pretty good. Mm-hmm. He gets into the hospital and we figure out what Zhao is doing. It's like just genetic gene replacement therapy. Uh, which and is the doctor talks to Halle Berry about it or yeah. James about it before and explains the whole like, Oh, we, we take out your bone marrow and replace it. And it's a very painful process and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I don't hate this. I think that that's a fine plot point. I think it's interesting. I think it looks cool on Zhao to see kind of how it, you know, it's a, you know, it's a partial process. Yeah. Like he's, he's not done. He's right. They, they show like this, the various photos of what he would look like towards the end and yeah. what he is in the middle. And, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Uh, so then he's, you know, he's mid transformation bond interrupts this, tries to get information. Uh, they have a decent chase throughout the hospital. I do like this sequence. I think it's one of the better sequences in the movie. Uh, you know, they go in guns blazing. Halle Berry shows up. Uh, they start, you know, blasting through the walls to try to get out of there. Um, ultimately the guy gets away. Uh, Jinx gets away and then bond is stuck in Cuba. Still, uh, bond is stuck in Cuba, but he has some of the diamonds. Right. And And so we know what's going on, which is that, um, this guy, Gordon Graves, or what's his name? Gustav Graves. Gustav Graves. Uh, Gigi, as we should all remember him, um, is this new billionaire guy, and he says that he found these diamonds in Iceland or Norway or some shit, and that he has a little, you know, mine up there, but really they're just, uh, African conflict diamonds Mm -hmm. that he's reselling onto the, the market. So, I also think it's super weird that the whole time they mention that the, the African conflict diamonds, we always say African conflict diamonds. Um, I think we could have just said the diamonds or different versions of, you know, the diamonds. We didn't need to say conflict diamonds at every term. Right. They're uh, not just diamonds. They're conflict diamonds. Yeah, they're, yeah. Co- they're It's a whole different thing, Frankel. Um, so, okay. So they, um, they figure this out. They they go back and then we have a pretty good scene, uh, you know, of, you know, James Bond getting back to London. Um, you know, uh, I think it was pretty nice that he took, you know, flies first class. They always do British airways. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets there, he, uh, goes to this, uh, secret hideaway. And this is where I think I, li- the kind of relationship I like with M shines. Um, and Bond comes home to this, you know, Lost Agents platform. Very cool. Like, platform nine and three quarters, like, this station doesn't exist. Yeah, classic. Um, very, very cool. Um, yeah, and they have they have a great moment, and then we also, this is also where we have our new Q. Yeah. Um, so they've, you know, he's no longer R, he's now full-on Q, um, because Q really means quartermaster. That's where they get Q from. Yep. Q branch. 
Um, so now, you know, he's down there and I think, you know, John Cleese in this movie, um, he's doing his best. I like the, uh, don't want the, don't want to lose a limb joke. That's probably my favorite. (laughs) Um, as we all know, he's the black knight in Monty Python. Right. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, is this the one, am I mixing this up with world's not enough? Is this where they're walking through and see all these old gadgets and stuff. Oh, yes. They do see the, the old jetpack from Thunderball yeah. and cool. they see, um, what else is there? Uh, the, the shoe, the knife the, shoe. The knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they have some, some great nice stuff down here. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I, this scene is a little sad, you know, I think they sure. did a the nice job of, um, you know, rebooting Q in the Craig movies. I'm excited to talk and talk and get into that when we do shout out to future episodes. Um, but I think this Q is just a little too, it's too close to what we just had, you know, it was set up to kind of work and it's, it, it like it, it, it works and it doesn't, you know, like it's, we, it's weird. It's like, a it's haunting and, uh, it's going for, kind of a reverence that like right you know. so, like um, th- they should have had at least some sort of like acknowledgement to q of like he retired yeah or, like, like some was this picture movie dedicated to him it should have been if it wasn't yeah like they, like maybe a picture on the wall kind of like indiana jones like sure you know like there's ways to do it that like carry on and like you know move forward um, you know, okay, so we got to talk about some of the gidge-gadge gojits of this movie um, because they are, I got to say, I, you know, a little bit ahead of its time, you know? Like, y- you're right. Like, this movie was be- going in a Craig direction, and I think one of the first things you see is the Aston Martin. Like, I didn't know that at the C- Casino Royale was the first movie to feature the Aston Martin again. I always thought it was that one. I didn't know it was this one. Yeah. And that's really because, and this is a larger point, this movie marked the 20th Bond, and it also comes out for the 40th anniversary of Bond. So when it does, right. like, there's a lot of references to other Bond movies that are thrown in this mo- throughout. Like, that's kind of a thing that they do. Is, um, wait, I, there is a moment where they, they talk about the watch and how it's like, oh, you've lost 20 before or something Yeah, like exactly. That. So wait, this is the 20th, and then... One, two, three, four. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bond 25 was coming out. Got my math going. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's wackadoodles over here. So, you know, they... Uh, <laughs> um, this car, I think, is is really Austin Powers' joke at this point. Like, it, it's got to be... The writers have to know this is an Austin Powers joke. An invisible car? Yeah. Like... I get it. Like for the time, like it doesn't look so bad. Like think yeah. about like the retrograde or the retroflective shit that they have in like Avengers, like how they did yeah. that for the first time, you know, like that CGI took a little bit of time to kind of build up to. This is just not ready yet. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, it's a cool concept, but like in execution through, like, I think the first time we see it, it's fine. But like throughout the rest of the movie, it's kind of not there. Um, but it is a cool car, has some... Yeah, some it's nice really features. the introduction to the future. Yeah. You know, it's it's very awesome. I, I really do like... The, I do really like this car. 
when they use it. I don't like how they use it. It becomes a cartoon. (laughs) It becomes Speed Racer, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a a movie of its time where, like, Fast and the Furious had recently been out. And and you've got the guy from Fast and the Furious. And so, like, jumping ahead a little bit, you have this crazy car chase through the ice palace um that is so fast it's so fast and the furious and it's cool i mean that's the part i don't hate and you know i think the way that they uh they use it at the end with the the reflective um uh camouflage at the end and he goes up the ramp with the treads is pretty cool um but yeah it it, you know it's it's definitely kind of silly um, I, I like the other gadget. I like the ring where it's, um, the ring is, the ring is great. Ring is a great gag. It works throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It plays perfectly at the end when they're all in the big room and he has to get out of there. Yep. It's fabulous. Um, okay. So here's where we got to talk about this guy, Gustav Gravis. Um, I hate this guy. Uh, I hate him. Uh, I get that he's based off to look like bond and like to be like bond yeah. But the whole I the whole general idea of him looking back on it and the whole execution of it I hate it. Right. And and so they have this thing where it's like they they find the the diamond with the GG, Bond looks him up, he finds out that this guy found a whole bunch of diamonds and only appeared about a year ago. Like now looking back on the plot it's like you could see it coming, but I was totally not on board with what the twist is until it's like smacking me in the face. Um, and, uh, but yeah, because otherwise it just feels like this really weird pompous ass that has anger management problems, um, and likes defense. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, ugh, it's, he's just terrible. And and then we, the fencing is like so ridiculous. We have Madonna. Sword, show up. Why is there a sword fighting in this movie? <laughs> when does Bond sword fight? When is Never. that? When is that canon? I, like, I don't know. I get how in Kingsman they should sword fight, right? And I like how Kingsman kind of like this. That to me was like, oh, Kingsman kind of would be cool here, but they're not Kingsman. They're fucking not that at all. They're right. fuck. It's fucking Bond. It's Pierce well, Brosnan, and he's swashbuckling it's... in this fucking fencing place. Yeah, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the idea is that this this rich guy is this would be something that the rich do, but of course, for because Bond can do everything, he knows how to fence and he knows how to sword fight. Um, it's it's a little over the top. Um, they, you know, they continue the, to rise the stakes, and uh, we have uh, Miranda Frost, I think her name is, um, who is his assistant who we le- later find out is a double O agent who we later find out is not a double O agent. Um, she's but a damn why is Madonna crosser. in this movie? <laughs> like, yeah. The Madonna cameo is like, is pretty, it, the Madonna cameo is, is like a cameo in an Austin powers movie. It's it it like, is. And, and also she was like, just came off doing the, the song for an Austin powers movie. And then turns around and does a song for the Bond movie. It's just like, come on. They're they're not paying attention. Yeah, they... No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, don't need to. Uh, I do like... I do like Rosamund Pike. 
Yeah. All right. I think she is the only cool redeeming idea that I love from this movie, which is that there was a, a 006 or a 008 who was another 00 agent who's out there who fucking hates Bond and can't wait to double cross this dinosaur guy. I think that is a great movie. Like I, I would watch, I would watch that movie and, and loved it if that's what this was, but it doesn't like sink its teeth hard enough into it. Mm-hmm. And then the double cross flippy dippy at the end is like, you know, like they, yeah. it's, it's not, a, it's, it's, it's not the main focus. Yeah. It's shoehorned in. It's yeah. It, it, you know, she's it, it such a just... good actor and actress. Yeah. And she's like, she does bring a good level of revulsion and believability to, bond like i like that and i thought it was a cool dynamic to see somebody who fucking can't stand him like that his moves are impervious to her that's a great yeah. idea that's <sighs> true but again like like i said at the beginning of the podcast like why why did they need her here like why couldn't it have been like his uh gustav graves's um or or moon i think his the general or not general, but this general sun moon, the other uh, North Korean agent, like, couldn't she have also been a face swapper? I don't know. It just, it seemed kind of weird that out of, out of the blue, she pops up, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it could have been a good idea. Um, you know, we no, it this, is, it is a good idea. It's, it, 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 you know, it could have been executed better. Yeah. And, and, you know, I hope that in other movies, you know, we, she does more action because I think she was very cool in this, and I and I thought her scene at the end, uh, it was it was kind of believable. I was like, oh okay, cool. It's sad that that's like the only cool Halle Berry fight scene. And she does have a cool moment or two in the breakout in Cuba, mm-hmm. but the memorable one is at the end. And it's also like anytime she's about to fight, she just take her clothes off. Of um, course, uh, but you know that's okay. And her tits are just fabulous in this movie. Shout out to Halle Berry's tits. Great job. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Um, they they uh, probably got their own uh, credit and paycheck. yeah, oh, their own fucking trailer and everything. They have the back end package on the video game, everything. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, at this point, you know, we're we're led to believe this is crazy guy. We're gonna go to his place and get a load of his shit. We do. Um, yeah, and then we're on these like big icy sound stages for a lot of the movie for the rest of it, and. It it just doesn't it just doesn't look so swell and it, um I, I the rocket car is cool the you know having a nice hotel is a cool idea it just all looks like it was dreamed up out of a computer like it doesn't look real or based on anything in reality yeah and then we get to kind of what the main you know uh weapon or doomsday devices in this movie which is this cool satellite called icarus which is essentially a giant solar mirror that can focus the sun's energy down to i would say like a very you know you know like a hundred yard radius the size of a football field and like you know heat that shit up to vaporization and he does that you know on this huge glacier right and and they what they started with as the demonstration it's like oh we can turn the lights on in this you know, and make uh, areas that are dark for a significant period of of the year, um, you know, get more sunlight, and then they can... But, like, obviously, totally, totally ignoring, like, what this could do global warming-wise. Like, they're not even t- yeah. thinking about that uh, as, as the movie creators, but 
um, obviously he, he's a evil villain, so he has other uses for it, like blowing up a bunch of landmines in North Korea. Totally. Uh, and, it, you know, it's not so... I do like that idea. Like this movie has a lot, so many ideas. It just doesn't commit to any of them long enough to like really have any stakes. Whereas right. like when in golden golden eye, you spend a good, well, golden eye, you spend a good deal of time following the little case of like the floppy disc and tomorrow never dies. You follow around that GPS tracker. That's pretty cool. A good yeah. MacGuffin. Uh, there's no like access to this thing. Cause I think we're all on the internet at this point. So that's like, you know, they they don't. I don't know. More stakes around the satellite, I think, could have been better. Right. It's it's not introduced until late in the game, and um, because they're they're trying to hold back the the twist, I think, and not really reveal what's actually happening. Um, so it kind of, in that way, it makes the plot not move forward. Um, and then by the end, we're like, oh, okay. And and so uh, me and Megan, we we watched. Uh, a scene from the movie because she called it out like so you know he's got like this Andy Warhol looking uh, guy that helps him out that creates his gadgets and like yeah 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 he's like totally forgettable but he's like clearly like Igor like wanting his master's approval and everything yeah and, like and so we're watching this guy throughout and he was like do you remember when he dies I'm like no, I don't. <laughs> it's like, let's go back and rewatch it. And he just gets sucked out the Tucked window. Out, at one yeah. point. It's like, 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 why, why is that guy even a character? If they're just going to totally Austin powers, his ass, like just completely ignore anything for him. And I don't know. It, it, the, yeah. The end of this movie has a lot of issues, but um, basically yeah, so... let's get to the, the bit, the, the reveal. Um, where okay, so he meets with his father, right? Yeah, so at this point, we've boarded this plane that is essentially a flying fortress where, you know, the Korean guys, you know, are, you know, about to control Icarus and use Icarus to blow up a landmine path uh, for their troops to get into South Korea by using Icarus to blow up the landmines, creating this highway. They can then get in. Um, and then Bond and Jenks have infiltrated this plane and are now about to fly up with them and go and uh, try to stop them from doing this. Yeah. Uh, at this point, um, you know, uh, Moon, who is really Gustav Gravis, um, you know, has been taking... It's been subtly referenced throughout the movie with the other character, Zhao, right? Right. Like that him and Zhao, they keep talking and they speak in Korean sometimes and they are, uh, you know, they, they seem to be, you know, on a different level of friendship than they would normally be. Right. Sure. Um, so uh, what I don't understand is so is Gustav Graves a real person? Uh, th there's a throwaway line that um, Gustav Graves the DNA was real and it was like some orphan DNA that they took and put into moon. But so the person but, was real, but he was never an actual like billionaire person. It's not so like he who just... was, who was uh, graves. So who was moon working with in Europe at before then? The that's... Miranda Frost. Miranda Frost. Right. Okay. So then Miranda Frost is this agent who hates bond 
and then right okay okay so then it's revealed to the father the the general moon that uh gustav graves is not just some crazy guy who wants to help North Korea. He is actually the son who we thought died at the beginning of the movie, uh, who had genetic therapy to change his personality and his looks to become this kind of uh, American Americanized Western agent of North Korea outworld, outward in the world. Right. Holy shit, is that a mouthful? It's a lot. It's, uh, again, if... If this movie um, does a lot more uh, throughout, it, it could have really landed. I think you really need to be paying attention. Um, like, I was surprised at the twist, which I guess is fine, but um, it's just like, wait, why do I care? Why do I care about this guy that, like, he, oh yeah, he died at the beginning. Like, he just didn't seem that important. Like, if it was. Um, somebody else from like yeah here here is a, a, a way to put it in a daniel craig movie this would have been a character that we met in a prior movie who we thought was someone who we thought it was we had time to invest with him and then he dies and later on a movie or two later he pops back up as this other guy and is revealed to still be alive it's just there's not enough time with moon in the beginning for us to ever care about him hmm yeah, I feel you. Uh, I yes, but what you also don't have is uh, like, like it just doesn't feel real. Like it just like who, what? Like you're a totally different guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not that other guy. That other guy we saw was like a Korean guy who was this like spoiled brat who like you know had Western stuff, but he wasn't like. He, he didn't like he wasn't like doing a British accent in the opening scene where he's kicking the shit out of the guy like that. Well, he, he they say he studied at Oxford. They yeah. say that he and like his accent is like his American accent or his English isn't very accented. It's it's pretty plain. Um, it's not like I don't know. I, I guess they try to to give that impression that he's westernized in the beginning of the movie he's got all these fancy cars and he loves the diamonds um so i guess it's not that surprising in hindsight to figure out that oh he's one and the same and the diamonds that he had then are the diamonds that he has now and diamonds are forever diamonds are a girl's best friend <sighs> oh my god uh shine bright like a diamond uh we're gonna <laughs> have to wonder and like know about going forward is i think that the the whole idea of the the james bond villain had to be totally redirected after this movie like i think that's what fails the biggest here like because at least in like tomorrow never dies like jonathan price like he's giving his all right Uh, some people may find him boring some people may think like you know maybe he's not uh super threatening you know i don't ever feel threatened by him but also you know, he's like, he's fucking hamming it up in the world is not enough. It's kind of a complicated because you have the double villain. Right. Yeah. And like, it's hard for Carmen Electra to feel kind of mustache twirly because she really doesn't do that in this movie, in that movie. She <laughs> Carmen kind of, Electra. Yeah. She <laughs> Electra cake. <laughs> uh, when she's Carmen Electra in this movie. Sure. Um, you know, uh, uh, so this guy just feels like they they give him some kind of suit that looked like a fucking what the fuck is that shit? Iron Man 
pre-suit. Oh, like, just uh, gross, terrible, bad, not good. Yeah. And they shouldn't no, no, no. And and he has this weird suit on and he's got the 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 shocking glove, the electrocution glove. Um and then I I like and then I like the fight scene. I like the fight scene in the plane. I think that that's a very cool idea. But then there's a big fucking laser in the sky, and I was like, "How did they know we were all gonna be sick of that?" You know, like that. You know, like, and it's so weird because I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that they they're like, "Oh, if we can put a big laser in the sky, we should put a big laser in the sky." And it's like, "No, no, no." (laughs) Yeah, it's like actually the reverse, where like it's something that's shooting down on the earth. Yeah, a lot of times it's like something like a portal opening or like right terraforming thing um yeah i mean and it it does have the ticking clock a little bit of like oh if it crosses the parallel then Then america's gonna shoot yes and 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 i will say that and i do want to say this before we wrap up because we do have to wrap up uh that i do like the recurring cast of characters in the bond franchise of movies yes i was just gonna say that (laughs) like i'd like to see uh that i like m i like the uh Who's the um the other agent that he that uh, refers to? I think to? his name is Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson, he's played great. By Colin Salmon, who is is great and um in Arrow early seasons and was General Zod on Krypton. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. he yeah, he's a cool character and he does kind of have an, an interesting kind of like feel that he's like he's the guy inside. He does this and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I love Samantha Bond as Money Penny. Yeah. Oh my God. The the scene with her in the, yeah. the virtual so, reality. So, so okay. So now they had to they had to do it right because, and that's why I think this movie kind of feels like a parody of itself when it's alluding to what it is. That's why maybe movie sagas that go on for so long you have to be kind of careful about how you reference yourself because it can look very very silly. And even though this is done for the laugh looking back on it now it's like oh god uh but it's it's silly and it's cute and like we love samantha bond Mm -hmm. you know and you're like oh you're rooting for her and you're like oh my god you don't look as attractive as you did in the other movies what happened (laughs) um you know i don't know (sighs) yeah i mean and then you you get uh john cleese walk in yeah it is it's it's very like it's very winky 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 and they always had those nods and stuff, but like this was just over the top. This is um, a little bit silly. Um, yeah. And then you get to the end, and uh, you know what a so, so he killed he killed yeah. his dad. Uh, they're oh, they're God. working on this this thing. It's it's gonna cross the parallel. Um, Bond shows up. They have a fight. His his uh, Igor guy flies out the window. Um, Jinx fights Frost and they take their tops off. Um, and, and yeah, it just, it kind of barrels on action wise from there. Like you said, it's pretty decent. Um, leading up to Graves getting also thrown out the window and totally getting smeared up in the in jet the engine. engine. Oh, that's yeah, good. Good death. Good. Great death. Um, and so get out of here. You're annoying me. <laughs> like, yeah, you're done. Um, the, before that he kills Zhao on, in the, the ice base, uh, with, with the car and the ice chandelier. Um, that, that's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Very entertaining. 
Um, so yeah, uh, everybody's dispatched. They they get the diamonds and they they go back to some island. It's it's not probably Cuba. I don't think. Right? Would they have gone back to Cuba? What? Jinx and Bond. No. At the end of the movie. They're they're on that Thanos planet where Thanos goes at the end <laughs> of Infinity War, where he's like relaxing. Uh, yeah. What does Nebula call it? Um, the garden or something? The garden. Yeah. That's yeah, where they I, are. I'll buy, I'd buy that. Um, and, you know, again, more winky, winky, sexy, sexy stuff. So, oh, I kind of wanted it in there still. Don't take it out yet. Ah. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, you know, and then this movie ends with just on them, right? It just ends on them. And, you know, if this wasn't Pierce Brosnan's last one, it'd be like, all right, let's move on to the next one. But there's just no – it doesn't – wrap up it doesn't like, i don't feel like we can close a chapter on him i just feel like it's like all right you're washed up you're out next next bond it, it's unfair um but well that's it's not gonna, it well it's also interesting because you know uh, do you this movie the whole time is winking about what it is the 20th bond the for, the 40 year anniversary do you want, you know, do you always want Bond, you know, being meta about itself? And I think this in this movie is a good example of how you don't want it to be. Mm-hmm. And all the choices that they made to try to do that, you know, it never feels earned or um uh or or fan service. It feels done in a way where it's uh it's just like cheap and weird, you know, like, yeah, like, I guess it's fan service to have money, Penny and, and James, you know, make out, but is it also, you know, something that like people have really been rooting for? I don't know in this version. Sure. You know, like, do you want to see, you know, James Bond have to go through like the laser fighting sequence is pretty good. We didn't talk yeah. about the laser fighting sequence. We didn't talk about that, but the, the which is a gold, which is a gold finger illusion. Right. Yeah. So they're alluding to gold in the scene where Goldfinger, where Bond is, you know, uh, hooked up and, you know, Goldfinger is going to, you know, laser his nuts off and then leave. And Goldfinger leaves and, you know, James has to get out of this. And then this one, it's, you know, it starts as one laser and ends up being a ton of lasers. And you have Halle Berry, who's quipping the whole time. Uh, and I do <laughs> like the whole big Hawaiian guy that they fight. He felt like a cool, scary guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then <laughs> and then there's just like a whole bunch of lasers running around. And then they, the, the laser goes through his head. It's just crazy. Uh, Ugh, um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I I hated this movie. And mm-hmm. let's do ratings really quick so we can get on to the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So one thing we want to say, you know, we're not going to talk about the larger retrospective of the Pierce Brosnan franchise. Now we're going to do that in a second addendum episode, which we're going to release additionally after this episode. So tune in, keep an eye on your RSS feed, keep an eye on your podcast app, and you will see the second episode. Uh, well, the, the overall wrap up episode of the Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Attempt. We'll try to be as spoiler free in that one in case, uh, folks missed any of the individual ones and if they want to go back and watch any of the movies and we're going to give our ratings yeah our ratings and everything yeah so tune into that you know when you see that as it comes but for now we're going to give our ratings for uh die another day sure so opening sequence um i gave a six i think um 
for me, it was definitely the weakest of the four, but um, you also felt it was poor. Yeah, I don't think that this builds to any kind of climax. Like, I just felt like it was like, and, and, and it was like, the whole yeah. way through. And it, it looks gray and shitty and not inviting, and like they did it in California yeah. someplace in a day. No. Yeah. Uh, so we both agree it's bad. I think you 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 gave it a four. You, th- you felt less uh, forgiving of it than I was. Yeah, definitely. Um, so definitely. the plot uh, the plot is is kind of a mess. Um, I similarly also gave it a six. Um, partially, I give it partial credit because the surprise the the twist was a surprise and it didn't feel like. Uh, I saw it coming or anything like that, but um, in hindsight, it is very convoluted and unnecessary, and there are aspects that just felt uh, unearned or they could have done more with. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to sum it up for you. Yeah. A son of a, a North Korean general gets uh, genetic therapy in order to pose as a international playboy who is also uh, a techie and diamond, uh, you know, um, uh, entrepreneur (laughs) who becomes radically wealthy in a very short span of time, learns how to fence and becomes a great, you know, master of all things and deserves even a knighting from her majesty, the queen. At this point, he is using his, uh, satellite which he is posing to you know serve as a mirror for you know food crops and for people to benefit from is really a solar laser that he uses to fry and he's planning to use this solar laser to create a pathway for troops to get across to south korea it's too much there's too much to say in all those sentences (laughs) and it should have been much simpler get bond kill bond those are great bond movies and I think they, you know, learned from this. They learned that you can't be so ridiculously complicated and convoluted and you have to really strip back at what it becomes. So, no, I think this plot is horrible. It's so forgettable. Uh, you have to constantly stop the movie and think about what's actually going on. No. Yeah. Okay. Next. You, you gave it a three. I gave it a three. I did. Okay. Um, gadget slash Q slash car. Um, I gave it an eight. Um, you gave it a six. Yes. I, I think the gadgets are, are good. Um, maybe, maybe I'm again, giving it a higher rating than it totally deserves, but, um, that's fine. It's, it, it, you know, the, the, there's entertaining stuff in there and things that are, are somewhat memorable, like the car, even if the CGI is shit. Um, no, totally. I, and I agree. I gave it a, I gave it a six. I think that's one of the better standout portions of the movie. And I think that, you know, they, they don't uh, skimp. And I like the introduction of the Aston Martins again. Yeah. Bond girl girls. Um, I, Yo, like you I really like them. I really like them. I was raving about Halle Berry um, earlier. I think Jinx is a cool character. Um, I, I like Rosamund Pike's Agent Frost. And I think that the, the twistiness is, is cool that she's a, um, a double agent, even a double O double agent. Um, but I, wondering why she exists and isn't someone from North Korea that he would have had yeah. more of an alliance with. Yep. 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 I feel um, you, but you, you didn't like the bond girls. No, I think that they all say Halle Berry speaks in cliches. Rosamund Pike is underdeveloped and they, uh, you know, Money Penny doesn't get like I don't know. They should have set up the Money Penny stuff a little bit better. I don't know how I sure. feel about this whole thing. 
Um, okay, so fit the villain, uh, I gave it two because I think it's it's easily one of the worst Bond villains. Yeah, I think. I mean, we'll- I I gave it a six, which is like the lowest I've rated a villain so far. Um, it probably is not. It's too high, probably, but um, I, again, I think the twist surprised me, so I gave it extra points. Okay. Uh, physical antagonist, I gave it's Zhao. I gave him a four because I thought he was threatening and he's memorable, but he's like underserved and mm. um, could have fe- featured more. What did you, and you gave this guy an eight? I, you, I gave him an eight. I thought he was cool looking. I thought that his physicality, especially in the the fight and the escape throughout um, Cuba, was pretty cool. Um, I like that he was like a fast and the furious car guy. <laughs> that they they. And I thought he had a good death, um, but I mean, was there a big sequence where they fought and ever felt like Bond couldn't oust him? I don't know. I guess not. Um, we're going to get used to these ratings. I'm going to figure out what means what to me as we do more of them. Um, all right, Bond performance. Okay, this is a tough one because you know. Uh, mm do you want to have a bond to send off or not? And I think that's what we're going to see in the next, in the next Craig movie. No time to die. Are we going to send him off or are we going to, you know, wink and say goodbye? Like he goes on forever. I don't know. Um, and in this one it's, there is no, there is, there is no say goodbye. It's he goes on forever. And I think that Pierce Brosnan deserves a little bit more. And I think that, the kind of themes that they started this movie with the first hour of this movie kind of have a more fun feeling and are reminiscent of what came later. But the second hour just dissolves into such ridiculous Austin powers silliness. It's like two different movies. Yeah. Like they could have really leaned into the whole, like, well, I was in, in captivity for so long and do some PTSD stuff, like take bond to new places. One last mission. Say like, you know what? I'm, I want to get out. I need to, I need to rest. This is, but I'm, I need to see this through or something, you know, right. Some sort of line that like at the end when they're laying in, in, in their house uh, with all the diamonds and the, all the cocaine, apparently uh, that they're like, I'm just going to chill here forever. And that's it. Um, hang on, give hand up your badge, but probably outside of the movie, they didn't know that this was his last one. I don't know. Yeah, I can imagine that too. I, I could understand like seeing this and then like them seeing the reaction and being like, okay, we got to do something different now. Yeah. Um. So that's a little sad. You know, we also know like from Pierce Brosnan's later discussion that like he doesn't like this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fighting with the people making it, specifically the director who was a one-time Bond director. Like that's kind of something about these movies that's kind of interesting that they used a lot of like the last three movies are all kind of one-time dudes. Yeah. Um, and the guy who made golden eye and the guy is going to come back in Casino Royale. And I, we're definitely going to talk about that and, uh, you know, kind of how they, and and essentially the same thing happened where, you know, they have Casino Royale, they have golden eye, and then they have tomorrow never dies and quantum of solace, which quantum of solace. I remember seeing in theaters and not, liking so much uh, yeah i agree uh yeah so uh it would have been interesting if they had the the golden eye director come back with pierce brosnan and like really try to like hone back in on what worked in that movie give them like a last ride but well just just i uh i want to it would kind of feel 
well, I'll save this for the next next podcast. Tune in to hear my thought on the next episode. Okay. Write it down. Um, so yeah, Bond performance. You gave a five. I gave a seven. Um, not not his best outing, for sure. Legacy and the continuity and the relevancy. We both gave low marks to. I gave a six. You gave a four. Um, similar to what we were just talking about. Um, this movie is pretty forgettable. Like there are some set pieces that um, you'll remember, but like as as the final. Pierce Brosnan, it, it doesn't really yeah. do justice to his legacy. It no, it doesn't. It, it really, it really leaves him kind of on a big fart noise, and I think he deserves a lot more credit than that. I think there's some really great things that he did, and there's some other silly things that he was, you know, I don't know if he was totally all in for, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It's sad that this is his last one. You know, we'll talk about the Pierce Brosnan legacy. Uh, special effects are horrible in this movie. They're, They're bad. Very bad. They're dated as fuck. They don't look good. Four. I gave a five. Yeah. Similar. Um, and the score and the song. Ugh. Yeah, real the song bad. Is terrible, dude. Madonna and this time period, like it's so auto tuned and like it's like it's at a weird time when like EDM was about to like cross over, but it hadn't yet. And they like the, went the beginning's for... also kind of like a weird music video. Yeah, with I the remember. scorpions and the. Ugh. Ugh, it's bad. It's, it's I gave bad. it a two. Frank gave it a five. Yeah. So, um, so just uh, and then we'll just to wrap up. So, overall score for you, uh, a thirty-nine out of a hundred. Yeah. And for me, a sixty-six out of a hundred. And so the way I've been trying to think about this is a little bit of comparison. So, like since we had done Worlds Not Enough already, um, and scored that one, I in my mind was like, I liked Die Another Day better than world is not enough for various reasons and so i'm trying to like you know put them in that place and be like okay if i liked it better like what did i like better to compare it and so that's how i i end up just slightly over my last score um for for world is not enough but obviously it's true for you also you didn't like this movie as much as world is not enough why it's at the bottom of the barrel yeah um i to me i think that this movie is really his hit you know it's worse on all accounts. Like, I think I don't want to ever watch world is not enough again. Like that. I just, I don't wish that on anybody, but like, uh, die another day. I could see hate watching with somebody in like the future, like getting high or getting drunk or watching with my kid and being like, look, this is crazy. And they'll be like, this is crazy. You know, like, sure. You know, but I also think this is a movie that it's not really it's not really for kids this movie which is weird you know it's right. one of the reasons i don't like it so much is how overtly oddly sexual it is like it's not just uh the cool suave um innuendo it's not just the uh the funny bedtime banter it's really like it's gr- it's it's gross yeah. <laughs> like yeah he's, like, fi- see- he's 50 in that scene and Halle Berry is like what 30 something yeah when they first meet it's like how did this how did that work how did this how did- divorced father get to this place <laughs> no it's you know it, 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 no it, it like I don't understand how they can do that and like the, my the way I forgive it is like because that's what Halle Berry jinx would do is find some random man to sleep with who she sure. thinks is sexy um for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, I could see rewatching this one to better understand the plot and the twistiness. Um, but I, I think it would be hard to keep my attention again. Um, okay. 
I, th- I think that pretty much does it. Um, like AJ said, we're going to do a wrap-up episode on Pierce Brosnan um, and then move along. Um, we have a couple of other seg- um, tangents to go into uh, to compare to this era before we dive into Casino Royale and the rest of the Daniel Craig movies. Um, so stay tuned for those. Um, anything else on Die Another Day? Um, no. No. Uh... If you like this movie, you're garbage. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're <laughs> excited to continue on with uh, the James Bond uh, franchise overall discussion and take a couple tangents to kind of recontextualize where Bond is at this moment in time and how it was able to proceed, proceed forward. Sounds good. Um, all right. So we are the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. You can find us on our website at www.longlostheroes.net. Please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Play. Um, and please give us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Let us know what you think about all of our coverage of James Bond, each individual movie. If you have thoughts on them, let us know. Um, we will probably make the, um, the the categories available for people. And if you want to rate them on your own, you can write in and tell us what you thought. Help and, us create an aggregate, you know, data source. That would be yeah. fun, right? It'll be our own little, uh, you know, IMDb rating, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it'll be interesting to throw, throw those numbers up against uh, what the general public think of them and see if we kind of match up, um, you know, all these years later. So... Um, I think that pretty much covers it for Die Another Day. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Tune in for the next episode, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.